everyone. Welcome to the very last episode of season one. When we did the first episode with Amy, we felt that there was so much more we wanted to discuss. So we decided to do part two with Amy. Hi, Amy. Welcome back. Hello. Nice to be here. Yay. Or actually, we're not in the same place, but kind of in the same kind of mental space. Yes, in the same universe. Yes. So we have many different topics we'd like to discuss today. And let's start by talking about leadership. I think first I I kind of thought that to be a leader, you have to be very strict in order to be credible. And later on, when I've gained more confidence, I've learned to be more like myself and, and understood that you can actually be very friendly and positive i think that's something that if you if you learn leading from from books or from from other people you might this might not come across the more you're being yourself the more you're able to enjoy the process but maybe also the more the team trusts you because it becomes more transparent and more even authentic So that leads me to my next question, uh, which is perfectionism versus finding your own voice. And you've touched a little bit upon this subject just earlier. Um, We know that the directors put a lot of expectations on themselves, which adds the pressure. So could you tell us a little bit more about this uh, idea of perfectionism versus your own voice? Yeah, I don't really know where where my perfectionism is coming from, but it has been there like always. And it's sometimes it's very, very difficult because everything has to be perfect and I have to get like a 10 plus out of 10 in every everything. And well, with animation, it's so it's such a long process that if you try to make everything perfectly, it's going to take like thousands of years and it might not even be good and I think perfectionism is always also it's about being afraid that if there is some kind of a mistake then somebody's going to notice it and then they're going to say about it to you and then you're going to feel bad <laughs> so I, um, so that's why it's a bit like avoiding mistakes as well whereas finding your own voice uh, there are so many different ways to make animation or art you're you're trying to express something that nobody else has done before so you can also do it in your own terms and in your own way so that's what i've been trying to do like uh, this last year and also before um that whenever i go into this moment when i feel that this has to be perfect so then i stop and then i think like what would be my way of doing it and try to achieve this relaxed state of mind and state of being so then it's going to be better I I believe. And how about finding your voice when working on a series or when working on projects that are led by studio because I think it's important for directors to be able to have their own voice even if they're working on a huge production. Yeah, then you have to kind of com- combine your your way of thinking to to the company's or, or to the project's way of thinking. For example, I have 
everything I do, I always try to encourage and give hope. So it would be very difficult for me to be in like in a very dark project or, or I would I would put some hope, signs of hope there and kind of try to make it nicer. It's very interesting, isn't it? Even without trying, I think directors' personalities and uh, the way we see the world just sit through the projects, even yeah. sometimes without doing it on purpose. Uh, yeah. You know, whether that's in, in little things, like just, just a little glance from a character or a choice of colors. So it doesn't always have to be a massive thing because on a big projects, that's a lot harder. For example, when uh, when I worked on the Monster High film, it's a uh, it's a brand that is really well established. It was it was from Mattel, again a massive company with a lot of history and a lot of fan base. And I was wondering how I'll be able to bring my own style or my own aesthetic to it and I found that in kind of small things but also how I dealt with characters um, or how I dealt with with some of the gags or some of the storytelling and in the end it was a very creative project even though the parameters were very much set from the beginning so it's just important to remember you can be creative uh, on any project is is what you put into it and how you approach it. Yeah, definitely. So changing the subject just slightly, and it's kind of one of the tougher tougher things to discuss. I think, and it's it's anger because anger is such a high emotion, and uh, as a director, uh, anyone would try to stay balanced and, and stay calm, but there are situations where. Uh, whether they're external or internal, whether you you are brought to this to this point of uh, of anger, of of stress, of something that is quite negative, and a big part of it is just directors feeling anger towards themselves, which sometimes can be even worse because we blame ourselves or or we feel anger with our choices. Um, so with with your experience working both in the industry and your own films, can you? Can you talk a little bit about that, and and perhaps uh, if you have any tips how you've dealt with with a similar situation, that would be really really useful, I think. Yeah, many times when I feel angry, it's first it's kind of maybe towards others, but then then I always tend to think that everything is my fault, <laughs> which is in some cases it is, but it's of course it's not the best way of thinking. But many times it is kind of my fault if I. Well, in the indie stuff, I work also as a producer and the director and, and many other roles at the same time. So, for example, if somebody misses a deadline, so it's kind of my fault because I wasn't there enough to remind like, hey, remember, it's after this week or remember, it's it's after tomorrow. So when they deliver stuff late, so then it's kind of my fault that I didn't remind uh, it as well. And if I've made an unclear brief and I get something I didn't kind of want so that I also tend to feel that it's it's my fault and I don't know in the in that kind of situation it doesn't kind of help if I'm <laughs> shouting to others because well well the thing has to be done or if you get it late so you just have to deal with it maybe the the tip would be just to kind of feel gentle <laughs> towards yourself and try to think what you would say to your friend uh, or 
and when you're saying stuff to yourself. So we, we tend to be very strict to towards ourselves. So that's not <laughs> not the best way. And anyway, like usually when stuff happens, it, it might feel very uh, difficult at that time. But when looking at the bigger picture, then it's going to be okay. So maybe that's... That's that's a good thing to re- remember as well. That it's it's just like a one small part of this big thing that you want to get finished. So if something is not what you wanted or doesn't go your way, so it's still gonna be good. It sounds like the the actual uh, so the idea of the perfectionism and the the responsibilities, but also uh, the responsibilities directors put on themselves has a direct connection with the anger. Because mm. uh, the more pressure you put on oneself, the more you stress if things go wrong. Yeah, and that that can spark the anger. So actually, they all kind of linked and they all connected. Yeah, um, together. And I'm I'm very good at picking up the 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 kind of atmosphere. If the atmosphere is so that that it has to that there can't be any mistakes, that it has to be perfect or something like that. So I'm very good at picking it up. But if if their atmosphere is like, well, let's let's do it as good as we can, and so then I I become more relaxed. I've written this this note to myself that remember to do a shitty job. <laughs> I think that's very good. I'm looking at it right now as well because it's better done than perfect. That it's it's very there are so many stages there's so many things to do we are we are creating stuff that didn't exist before so it, it's it's okay that it's it's kind of towards the good direction but it doesn't have to be like exactly what you had in mind yeah definitely and I think the anger is never an answer to anything because you stop thinking clearly it kind of emotions overtake but. In in some situations, uh, it can be quite liberating to to release that anger. Yes, <laughs> um, and it's never it's never a good idea to to shout on anyone. It's always, you know, always better to have a a kind of a professional diplomatic way. But sometimes, if you find yourselves that you've tried the diplomatic approach and you've tried. All the different methods, you know, you've tried talking to colleagues, you've tried to talk to your family, and it's just perhaps an issue with yourself or someone else, and it's just, you know, like it's it's the last it's the last uh, step, but sometimes it ha- it has to be done, and and sometimes it also has to be done for people to really listen. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, so it's it's a, it's a it's an interesting thing directing and I think the old vision of directors uh is this sort of like the angry man isn't it the shouty uh auteur kind of uh uh, man who just has the megaphone and shouts and I think uh, things have changed and evolved (laughs) since then but maybe a tiny percent of that is still relevant and is still true yeah and um it's uh it's it doesn't always mean that you're doing a bad job do you think that it helps helps if you sometimes released the anger or or did it cause any permanent damage to the project um i think so far like you know i've been 
I've been working in, in in animation for nearly ten years, and I can count on on one hand <laughs> <laughs> the amounts where I was really angry, where you know the blood was boiling and the blood pressure was was high, and I found those moments to be I didn't felt good about them because I I felt like that's not me, but I also felt that I was cornered. And that was the only way to deal with the situation. And I felt like I I give it enough time and enough diplomacy and enough understanding. And it, it was just coming back in the same form. Um, and then it just had to be done. And it's I never feel good about it in, in the way that I was like, yes, I was angry. It's never like that. <laughs> but it feels like it had to be released it was boiling yeah. up and it had to be released. Um, whether I've done the permanent damage, I'm not sure. <laughs> we never know. We'll never know. Hopefully not. And I hope that because I don't do it, because it's not really me, and because I don't do it often or never uh, or you know, seldomly, I hope the people uh, realize that it was, it was a very, very stressful important moment that had to be done it's not it's not a norm it's definitely yeah. not a norm and it should never be a norm because then you get angry about everything you know <laughs> whether it's important or not <laughs> and that's not good it's just not good yeah. for you it's not good for the team yeah. but i think it's it's important sometimes to be angry because we we need more angry angry women in the team as well because it, it can be like overlooked oh yeah she's losing it yeah she's crying now or something I think it's important that sometimes to kind of you can also be angry and still be credible yeah and that's very interesting because I think a lot of the women or maybe it's it's our generation you know we were brought up uh, on on the idea of being nice mm. and to treat people nicely and that's that's really important but you know if you're not if you're yourself if someone else is not treating you nicely why would you need to carry on with that yeah, yeah. you know if someone is making you feel um unappreciated or um you know they're they're challenging you in not a in in a in a not a professional way uh then there's no point there's no point being pleasant and that's the the leadership to to make the boundaries like okay this is this is where it ends <laughs> like this is yeah. Yeah, this is how i want to <laughs> this to be done and that's really tricky i think uh, i don't know if it's if it's specifically more difficult for women to try and to stop being nice and i always remember my conversation with um, our head of story at rovio uh, paolo who's told me once don't be nice be good and whenever I'm in this situation, it's like, no, I've got to be good as a director. I don't have to be nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, so that kind of keeps me, yeah. that's my little post-it note yeah. <laughs> that I have to keep referring to. Yeah. Um, and then I'd like to talk to you about some actual directing, maybe some more practical things on, on the filmmaking itself, uh, which I think would be really useful. Um, so if we can start by talking about the just the very beginning, you know, when you just first start with an episode or a film, let, let's say it's your first day in your studio, your first day at, at a studio and you just start a project. How do you approach that? Well, usually there is some kind of... Uh 
wish or a task that an episode has to deal with a certain character or a certain topic. So that kind of gives the the core like where we are trying to go. So I think to keep that in mind, I think that's how I, I start. And then maybe I usually I get some kind of some kind of visual images like this kind of thing I would like to see there or this kind of moment. So it starts from the, the little things and it usually stays throughout the, the episode that it, when you first get the first vision of the episode. So that, that kind of sticks. It's like the skeleton, the skeleton of the episode, the skeleton of an idea. Yeah. And do you have some key visuals uh, in you? You know, do you do you visualize some images in your head um, before you start? Before you start gathering references or drawing things? Yeah. For example, in my my short film that I just finished, the mother and milk. Um, well, that started of my own experiences of, of becoming a mother and uh, breastfeeding. So I had this visual idea of this, this ocean filled of, of milk. <laughs> so that was the, the whole, um, the whole way of, of starting the film. Like I want to, I want, want to discover what kind of world would it be when, when, when it's kind of f- full of milk. And with with short films, it, it sometimes it's um, it starts from a big chaos that there is so much material, and then you have to carve the the essence of it. So, for example, that is a ten minute film, and and there were like so much material, so many things I wanted to talk about in the film, and then eventually it, it, it kind of it, it's about the the milk, and it's about the mental the emotions of of becoming a parent so that was quite the difficult kind of backwards process like with all the material and then kind of making it narrow it narrowing it down whereas in in episodes it might be that there is nothing and you kind of have to bring everything to it so you can control the process more and how do you keep this core idea, this one image or this feeling or this emotion that you talked about now? How do you not lose that during the process? Yeah, it's something you have to always take a step back. And maybe it's something you you, you write or you have the vision in the, in the beginning and then you always have to get back to, to, to that and look at it. Uh, my way of thinking animation structure strip it out from all the unnecessary elements i was uh, taught in in turku arts academy by this estonian animation master preet Pern, and he taught us this kind of animation story building it's very different from from like script writing because in in that way you take the the core elements of the animation or, or the story and then you play with them and and he even made it so simple that it's like a is doing this and b is doing that but then c is stopping them and finally a and b learn to do this i use that a lot and try to think like what are the basic elements in the film or the story and when when the basic structure is working so then you can add <laughs> 
whatever you can add the de decorations and everything there and that's sometimes a bit um, a very different approach when you work with live action people because their way of uh, script writing for example it might be very like there is a lot of words and a lot of stuff and a lot of like character backstories and everything and I'm like I'm not interested in that I just want to know what happens what actually happens and, and just take everything out and make a really really simple like a beat sheet just like some sentences what is happening to keep it simple keep it simple in order not to lose your 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 spark and your core idea yeah and do you have a favorite moment in this whole process well <clears throat> i really like the moment when the animatic is is first it's done or or when i when i see that yes it's working it's working it's it's super it's super nice yeah i think animatic is is for the director it's the best best moment and it's the best thing and then you're kind of done with the with the film or with the episode <laughs> and that's the moment when you actually just start have to start animating yeah, so you've got your story building blocks of the animatic, and you've got your yeah. character's arc, uh, you've got the emotions set, and, uh, and yeah, the, the bigger the bigger picture. And um, especially on, on working on independent uh, films, how do you know when it's good enough? <laughs> that's, that's very... Tricky. I think you have to trust a lot of your own intuition because because nobody else is going to say that it's good enough. In in uh, studio work, there is usually there is all people on top of you, and they they can say that it's done and they give the green light and stuff. But when you're making your own film, you just have to green light it yourself, and that's that's very tricky. There are kind of different stages like when the script is done or when the animatic is done or when the animation is done so usually i set up some kind of a time frame because of the resources there's not enough money or enough time ever so usually it's done when it has to be done or it's some kind of compromise and you just i think you just have to declare that now it's good enough when some when when nothing is bothering you too much, but you can never know. That's that's the the beauty and and the the scary of it because you 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 can't know and there is so much pressure. Like, what if I now say that it's good enough and then I want to go back, but I can't go back anymore. But usually it, it helps to go to the next stage. For example, if you're animating, so then you're just looking at the animation. But then when you start coloring them, so then you're looking at the colors and you don't, the animation is kind of okay. And then when you're in comp, you just forget about the, the colors. So, so then you're looking at the comp. So I think it's just some kind of a train. It has to move forward. And yeah, usually it's just like if something is really bothering me, then, then it has to be changed. And when you have done uh animation you've seen it so many times that it's sometimes it's very uh tricky to know like it, it doesn't affect you anymore so it's very good to have these nice clean eyes who are looking at it 
So maybe if they are laughing or crying or whatever is the outcome that you want. So, so that's a good test. Yeah, show it to others. Get some opinion while you're still working on it. Yeah. Do you have some kind of a techniques of your own? Like, how do you know? <laughs> when it's good enough? Yeah. It's really tricky. I think when, uh, when I'm directing for another studio, because the deadlines are so mm. set, in a way it's easier, but... Uh, there are times when you've sort of <laughs> you've gone through all the passes and all the deadlines and there's just something that keeps bothering you or me so then it's usually I would go to the producer and just say look this is really important I'd like to try and get this right and I found that when you go to you know if you if you cleared it with production and you go to the actual artist and you explain to them I'd say 90% or even more the artists are so open mm. to go. Yes, you know, let's let's try it. Let's let's change it. Um, so that's really good. It's sort of when you bring when you bring your team on board and you explain to them why why it's important to change something. I think they're really they're really open to that. Um, I think I, I completely agree with you. It's something to do with instinct. When you look at something, and you, you know that all the elements are there, uh, and it's 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 a, just a feeling, and and you get that feeling, of course, working and getting experiences, and sometimes it's a practical thing where you go, everything that I asked for is is there, or everything I asked for and more is there, uh, and it fits within the within the bigger picture. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of instinct, it's a lot of experience, and a lot of. A lot of inner dialogue, I think, or monologue. <laughs> I find that <laughs> there's a lot of talking to myself and going and looking at something going, yeah, yeah, that, that's good. So what, what is that telling me? What, what, what emotion is that creating? How am, I, how am I reacting to this? So there's a lot of... <laughs> there is sometimes a doubt and there is, there's a lot of uh, questioning. But if I'm really stuck with something... And for example, if I am working on a series and there are other episode directors, I would just ask the ask someone to go. You know, do you have a moment? Can you look at this? Um, so it's always good to get another another professional. If it's uh, if it's a short film or a feature film, then uh, ask someone you really trust, someone's opinion you really trust, whether within the studio or like with you. Sometimes when we when we talk and we like we exchange ideas and and we kind of question it, um, so it's always good to share because you're not making anything for just yourself. You're making it for an audience. So the more you open it uh, for for other people, the better it will get. But it's very tricky. It's a tricky thing, and I think each director has their own way to deal with it. Yeah, and so during the process, you can't. You kind of have to just trust yourself uh, in the end because you don't know the audience's reaction yet or, or you can't please the audience because then it might it might not work. I had many moments in in my in the short film uh, that i I kind of couldn't I had like two choices or i I, did, I couldn't know what what is the 
what is the way to go. So so then I just thought that this is a film for me. Uh, this like initially this is a film I want to tell for me about my experience. So then I kind of always went to that. Like if if it if it works for me, if it if it's touching for me, it must be touching for others as well. So I think that that kind of worked. No, that's very important. You can't please everyone. Yeah. The only tool you have is your own instincts and your own, you know, your, your trust in your own vision or your own voice. So yeah, it's, it's uh, that's important to remember. Um, so I'd like to finish this uh, this last episode by asking you to tell us just one one tip for anyone who might be listening uh, who who is interested in directing. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, at least how I I uh, I didn't kind of understand that I was a director for a while. I I I felt that I can't find my place in animation. I don't love animating. Uh, I don't I don't want to. I'm not so good at making like super cool visuals. I don't want to make something very detailed stuff. So when I somehow realized that actually I, I might be a very good director. So that was a very big moment for me. So maybe that's uh, one tip at least to, uh, to if you feel that it's your role. So that's, I don't know, you just have to start directing and that's really difficult because if you like... Where where can you be a junior director or where can you learn? Maybe it's it's making your own films. Maybe that's the tip. Or just do animation, do whatever in the... I don't know. What would you say? <laughs> <laughs> I think that just shows that the path to directing is so varied. Yeah. And everyone just... Everyone comes to the directing from such a different pathways... I agree with you. It's it. It's not always something you choose, and it's not always something you you can easily do. But yeah, d- making making your own films, uh, or studying, going to film school, uh, or just doing practical, like going out and and making it, uh, working in the, in the studio and seeing the different roles, that helps a lot. My tip would be to if you if you want to be a director, definitely study study film and study directing methods, but do trust your instincts and don't try to be like someone else. Mm. Just trying trying to do trying to be yourself because the stories you tell that are true to you are the stories that the audience would want to watch. Yeah. So that that's that's what I'd say. That's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that it's that directing it, it feels so natural to me that it like it's kind of that's what I'm supposed to do. So it it doesn't it's it's maybe difficult to know that I'm good at it because it's it's some some I I think like everybody can do it, but maybe so if <laughs> how can we make a tip about it? <laughs> it yeah no it's really it's really tricky and i think it's it's 50 percent storytelling and 50 percent people yeah like if you if you're good at one 
if you're just good at one and not the other, then it will be really difficult. <laughs> like you have to love telling stories and you have to love film, but you also, especially if you want to be a director in the industry or even, even independent films, it, it's rarely you'd make something completely on your own. It's possible, mm. but A, it's very tricky and B, the results might not be as great uh, as if when you work with uh, kind of professional crew. So you have to remember the aspect of team and crew and uh, yeah, and how definitely. you work with people. Uh, and you don't always have to be, um, you know, you don't always have to have this outgoing personality, but you have to, you know, you need to respect people and treat them, treat them well and professionally. Yeah, maybe a good tip would be just to to go to the all all industry events and get to know people because that's the way how you get to work in the companies and and then when you know that you're a good person and you know your stuff so maybe that's the way you can end up in the directing position as well but I don't think anybody is gonna take you if you if they don't know you first. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes if you need to kind of learn the actual directing, so there might be a person you can shadow or, or look how they're working. I think that's something I would have needed uh, when I, I graduated. It's like, yeah, the mentoring part, I think, is really important because it's one thing to study directing in a yeah. film school or university environment, and it's very different to actually work um, within the studios because there's certainly so many more... Um, aspects of it yeah. but I think I think <laughs> we gave many different tips and, uh, some might be very weird <laughs> well I think even if one person finds it, it's interesting or it will spark an idea I think that's all yeah. we can hope for um, but unless you'd like to add anything else a lot of the stuff in the in animation it, it happens like not face to face we have we have Skype and we have emails and we have Slack. So one thing I, I have learned that you have to be like super, super friendly and super kind, uh, especially in this in these digital platforms and mediums, because when people are reading it, it always seems or it's, it might seem very hostile whenever you're just having a neutral uh, tone of voice. So, so it's it's very important to to be kind of very very kind and and, and gentle when you're using this this digital stuff. And sometimes when you get get some material or it's it's not what you wanted, kind of your first reaction is to kind of like say very very straight and and very a bit bit like angry style but then if there is a possibility to kind of take a moment and then answer a bit more like a, in a nice way it, it's it's very good for the for the team and for the whole scene that's great <laughs> well then i will wrap this episode and this season so this is this the end of season one thank you so much amy for being here with us and from the episode one to the episode to the last episode it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Augusta. And it's been super great that we did it because we've been talking about this. 
<laughs> and I think it's very important to to tell about our experiences and to tell whatever we have done or our experience or what we know. So if anybody is kind of getting anything out of it, it's, it's, it's I'm very, very happy. I hope so as well. Um, so this is end of season one. Uh, the season two will be out in a few months. So look out for that. We'll be... Uh, we'll be back with more directors and more tips and more interesting things to talk about. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye-bye.